Up there in the sky, it's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Eric, how are you doing? A little waterlogged. F- floating on the uh, Handsome Boys raft? Uh, I, w- I wish I had a raft the other day. Mm. I don't know if that actually would... No, it's it would just be a a different way to die. <laughs> See, this is what we this is what we uh, we go through to for you guys. Eric is uh, you know floating basically, and he is still recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, rub two sticks together to get internet does that, survival. Did it work? Yeah, man. Don't you know anything about computers? Ugh. <laughs> That's how cavemen invented the internet. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, but we got a good week in comics to talk about. We got, uh, let's see, Copra, round two. Th- th- that means the second volume. That, that, the, you know, the number that means second mm-hmm. is, is, is somewhere in there. Yep, we're going discuss, to discuss that in uh, Nerdwood Book Club. Read and talk about how Michelle, Michelle Fife uh, addressed the, the book to our dog. It's good. He inscribed it. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not Robbie, our dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, he did write it to Robbie twice. <laughs> he crossed it out. Yep. Yep. But I'm looking forward to that. But first, you ready to talk about some fresh comics, Eric? Yeah, because this this Copra book is just too old. <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to talk about something new. Well, I, I was there's a comic that has fresh in it, so I was oh. I was looking at that and I saw it, so I said that. Also called reading. Reading is uh, fundamental, I hear. It is. We've, time- we've we've done a whole lot of it. We have, and it's time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is our show. Eric and I will discuss this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. Um, you know, basically, you choose whoever you like most, and then you listen to them. Or, I mean, generally we agree, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you don't really get a choice. For the most part. Uh, we're going to start off this week with DC and Superman number 42, written by Gene Yang or Yang. How do you say that, Eric? You're an expert opinion. Oh, that uh, – <laughs> I would not put me as an expert. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it could certainly be either one. Just I, – I, I, I don't know. Okay, I well, think it's safe enough to say Yang. Okay, Gene Yang with... Uh, he'll, he'll just laugh at you when you say it wrong to his face. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. Writer, Gene Yang. John Romita Jr. on pencils. Klaus Jansen on inks. Dean White. Will Quintana and Tomeo Mora, Mori on colors. Rob Lay on letters. Uh, this is supposed to be like a big issue because... I mean, it was all over the internet because it showed uh, that Lois... Knows Clark's secret identity mm-hmm. that's revealed in this. 
That is that's never been a Superman storyline. Never, in the never. History of comic books. It's never happened. Uh, How did they come up with an idea so novel? I don't. That's probably I mean, like like <laughs> right, guys. <laughs> yeah, my headaches. <laughs> Fucking mind blown. Yeah, I just don't believe. Oh my god. Uh, that's probably my main complaint with this uh, this comic book. Um, my, what do you think my main complaint with it is? The technology lingo? Yeah. Yes. You don't like yes. that, Eric? I, I think it's adorable. <laughs> is it Okay, is it above or below Thunderbolt all the way? It's kind of worse when you whisper um, ones and zeros, and she's like, I talked computer to this computer. <laughs> and that's like, awesome. That's, <laughs> that's fucking binary. It's not necessarily code, you stupid Fucking Jesus Christ! I want to I want to run that through like like a binary converter. It probably means like B two. <laughs> what she said to it, if it means anything, it's probably the wrong amount of numbers. I'm sure they did precisely zero research or thought. I I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I I my complaint is that they want Lois knowing. Superman's true identity to mean something. Mm-hmm. The only reason it meant something ever was because of the history between the two and her not knowing for a long time. This New Fifty Two is three years old, four years old. I it not doesn't mean much of anything. It's forty, you know, it's forty two. Issue forty two. This is when this this is you know when they reveal it. It doesn't mean anything. It hasn't been that long. Superman just got here. There's no buildup. Well, to be fair, apparently the way the New 52 works is he's been there exactly as long as they feel like in that issue. At least that's the way that the Batman stories seem to work. Well, Batman's the weirdest. It it just got rebooted, and then he's got a 13-year-old son that was born Mm -hmm. after his story started. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I know. I, I, it's, you really, if you think about it, it hurts. Like, yeah, I, yeah literally, yeah, yeah. like blood will shoot out your nose. And I, I like, like some of the ideas in this. I think are interesting, but I it, and I really, I am a fan of John Romita Jr. and I think he does a great job on this issue. Uh, especially, I mean, Superman's crushing robots. Always a fan of that. Mm-hmm. We have some some theft going on over here, Eric. What it, what is what is being thieved? Someone's stealing my Xbox controller. That's kind of adorable. I I assume it's um, it's like the littles from that that old cartoon. It's like little tiny people with elf ears. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna they're all gonna team up and play a game. They're gonna that's what they do at night. They plug in. Uh, they they, yeah. they 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 all take turns pushing. Like one of them gets the A A button. One gets mm-hmm. the B button. And they synchronize and jump up and down. Yes, it's it's tiny people. Okay. You're accurate. It's it's not a cat. It's not a cat. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm hearing giggling in the background. That's those little people. They sure think it's hilarious. Oh, man. Little giggle boxes. Mm-hmm. This comic book is not very good. Yeah, it's, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, can't, I can't recommend it either for the most part. I mean, I, it, I, I just think it's just kind of poor. Okay. I mean, it's, it is certainly not the worst that I've ever read, but I think it's average at best, but all the... The clunky, poorly thought through technology stuff, it just it just it just compounds something that's bad to me, and I I can't get behind it. The the 
it seems like the whole gem of this issue is, oh, yay, we get to watch Superman punch some robots. Mm-hmm. I really could care less about it. Yeah, I, I, there's things in it that I really like, and I think it, if it was executed better. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm right. I, I, yeah, I'm a do not buy. I was, I'm, I was like leaning towards maybe a really, really heavy mush, but I don't, I can't say like, oh yeah, you need to read this. I don't think I'd ever say that to anyone, so. No, it's the most yeah. forgettable Superman comic. Yeah, that possibly whole, that we've ever read. Yeah, so do not buy. Double do not buy. Superman number 42. Uh, next up. Come on. Come on. Need to rub this iPad with some cheetah blood. That'll, that'll get, that's, that's, that is, that is good tech right there. Cheetah blood. Mm-hmm. It is Batgirl number 42. There we go. Come on. <laughs> it, it might behoove you to, uh, I don't know. Clean up the hard disk a little bit, get a little bit more, a little room for, I don't know, whatever. I, I, I've done that. and doesn't. You should probably just break it and get Pro- a new one. I'll just do that. Background uh, <laughs> number 42, written by Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher. Art by Babs Tarr, Jake Wyatt, and Michelle Lacombe doing breakdowns. Surgical point on colors, Steve Wands on letters. Um... It, it's still good old Batgirl. Still looks really mm-hmm. nice. I, I'm I'm enjoying the Jim Gordon Batman dealing with his daughter as Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Although, come on, Jim, you can't recognize that. How many? This is what this is what people on my Twitter are complaining about, and I want to like snark at them and be like, "This is what you you put on glasses and you don't recognize the six foot five guy." <laughs> yeah, I know that 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 was flying a minute ago. It looks literally no different. <laughs> He's wearing a suit and glasses, and you're like, "Well, that's completely unrecognizable." Yeah, I, I, I understand that, suspension that, that, of disbelief. Yes. It's yeah, it's it's comic books. You have to kind of accept it. But I'm right there with you. It's like you're gonna know what your damn daughter's voice sounds like. No, she does the "Don't let me down." Yeah, she's Babs. Babs Gordon is all swear to me. <laughs> End of the line for you, Livewire. Yeah, that's perfect. In, no, in no way am I going to hear that in my nightmares forever. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. It seems every Batman story we've read so far, and Jim Gordon is that he is completely inept and not very good at his job as Batman. But I, I do like their like the relationship here. I like the fact that they're not doing the easy like create drama instead of having them actually work together like i like that it's like Mm -hmm. that's a harder thing to do and they do that and of course the art still looks great it's still very pretty so i'm 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 a buy i know i I think i've gone on and say we should we can't read batgirl every time but i'm not i don't want to read flash annual number three or whatever Uh, else was out this week so that's that's perfectly acceptable i think we've when when is when's the next uh I, I hate that I'm about to say this. When's the next Aquaman come out? I don't know. It should probably be next week. Seems like it's been. There, they, it's gotta have been about long enough because I'm hankering for it. Yeah. I, good old, good old Cullen. Yeah. If we were, if that was out, we would have read probably that instead of one of these two issues. But it yeah. was a little, little uh, empty. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hate to miss Batgirl, but I am a couple issues behind. I have. I have a thought. Uh-oh. I'm, I, I'm a-chewing on. Uh-oh, what's that? Batgirl. Well, one, 
two thoughts, actually. One is a little minor, and the other one is just an observation. It's not necessarily something negative, because I'm going to compare this to something that I like, but it is it is the DC version of this. Okay. Um, so I'll go ahead and tell you my criticism. I don't... I. I can't remember. It seems like I'll have to go back and look at the older issues. It didn't seem quite so open and airy, but the fact that they're missing panel borders really kind of irritates me. Does that does that bother you at all? No. I don't like the open feeling on a lot of these pages. It just doesn't it, the, the dark pages work for me. The white pages don't. I didn't no even opinion. I I mean they they are there, but I didn't I did not mind it. I don't really care for it, particularly the really, really light ones. I don't think they feel the same. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You remember when I checked in with uh, Kim Possible? Mm-hmm. Did you manage to watch any of it? Nope. This is the DC version of Kim Possible. Fucking exactly. Yeah, I can, I can see that. It even feels like it. Like, all the encounters with the villains are at about that sort of Disney bad guy level. And I don't necessarily think that's bad, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of fun, but the the technology is about like that. And I, kind of, I don't know. I kind of think that if they lean into that a little bit more, it would, I don't know, it would work really well for me. This is a good book. I'm comparing it to something that I like, even though I think Kim Possible is kind of dumb. Also, um... It's a it's a dumb show, but it's a really fun show. Also, she's a redhead. What's that all about? I don't oh, know. There 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 are not this many redheads in the world. Well, there that's two. Yes, but th- th- think about how many of them are in comics and cartoons and stuff like that. Well, they have special Red, redheaded action heroines. They have special powers. I guess so. I mean, redheads have the mutant gene and like and the heroism gene more often. Mm-hmm. Mutant heroes. Mutant heroes. So that's double buy. Batgirl number yeah. forty-two. I don't. I. We like. We like Batgirl. It's good. Mm-hmm. Should buy it. That's what we're telling you. Oh, cat going digging. That's nice. Perfect. Uh, next up, indie book of the week. Well, first indie book of the week. I should say Copperhead number nine, written by Jay Fairber, art Scott Godlewski, colors Ron Riley, letters Thomas Mauer. Uh, we haven't we haven't looked in on this book in a while, Eric. No, we have not. This is. Uh... Okay. Having tablet issues? Uh, yeah, it just it started being on the last page, and I'm trying to go forward because the last page says Copperhead, and it's got a cover on it. <laughs> so I'm like, go go to the read, and it's like, no. No. This is, this is the end. <laughs> we can't. Thank you. Um, but I've, I have been reading uh, all the way until I think I actually missed eight, but now I re- went back, bought eight, and read it, and then to read nine, but I... Did, have you been keeping up at all? No, no, I'm not. I might have to go back and check them out because I do, I do miss this book. It yeah, is a, it's a solid, solid book, and I do kind of miss being in the world. Do you notice what hair color heroin has? It's uh, like a burnt sienna. She's a redhead. <laughs> she is. She is like, but the heroism, yes. heroism gene is right there mm-hmm. in her. Um, but the, the the grumpy sheriff Jean. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's. I don't think you need to necessarily have read most of it to get the gist of this issue. And this is this kind of the second arc of this has been much more kind of contained in a certain way. Um, but no, I 
still really like it. I they this is it does a sol- such a solid job of keeping all these storylines together and having fun dialogue and kind of I my I think my only complaint in this is that it's just there's a lot of like desert canyon yeah. be, being drawn in this, but I mean you're riding through the desert. What else are you gonna? Well, the the illustrator should do more to keep the book looking interesting. Like that is literally what he is there to do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know where you draw the 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 inspiration from, but I don't know. It's a trap that many of us fall into to spend all of our time and our interest drawing the the people and the figures when. Well, the, the backgrounds and incidental things like that are really what make it feel full and rich. And I think I, I think I feel you on this. It, it wasn't something that occurred to me when I was reading, but I, I do agree with you. If it's, you, you can make backdrops like this look good. You just have to be smart about it. I mean, look at any Mobius comic that he set in the desert. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that he did. I just think that it could have used a little bit more something and but that's my only complaint uh, i still like the writing i still like the characters i still like the mm-hmm. world building that is like omnipresent like it's you're learning more like the just the little things we learn about the these ai the you know the the androids or robots or whatever artificial humans aren't they yes I, Ar- I, the arties arties yes however you want to called yes those guys and like it's just constant learning things about this like this world and i'm i'm i've been reading this all along i'm still on board i just thought we could check back in i'm i am a strong buy on this whole series if you haven't read copperhead go back and get the first trade and you i I guarantee you'll be hooked i'm a little i'm a little disappointed at the death of what's his name (laughs) i did not see it coming and it really bothered me how unceremonious it was what what what's his name well, I almost feel like I'm spoiling it, but the artificial human—that was him. No, He's that's been... that was not that was not that was the one of the twins. That was not the. Uh... Hmm. There's two twins Arties that were hired. So one of the one of the twins saved that guy. I thought it was. Uh... Okay, I'm seeing that now. I think so. That makes sense. I thought it was the two twins that were saying, "No, it's not our way." No, you can see the scars. The scar. I see that now. Okay. Uh-huh. Com- complaint withdrawn. Nameless guy's dead. <laughs> yes. Brute number two. Yeah. D- died. I guess number one's lucky. For now. Mm-hmm. For now. So. Well. Bye. Oh, of course. Have to say the word. Need the word. Your mom needs to say the word. That doesn't make sense. Well, she speaks. So that's a double oh, bye. Oh. Copperhead number nine. We're gonna ignore <laughs> Eric's insults. Was that really an insult? Yeah, if you're so your, mean. So if mean that to me. Hurt your feelings, I think you need to toughen up just a touch. My little heart can't take all your mean words, Eric. Your your little Grinch heart. Grooves in sizes three letters. I don't okay. Uh <laughs> yeah, words. Next up, our next new book is Fresh Romance number three. Uh there's three stories in this. Um mm-hmm. and an essay. And an on essay. Ship, on, on shipping. Yep. Uh, let's see. Here are the writers in order. Kate Leth, Sarah Vaughn, Sarah Kuhn. Art by Ariel Hoven. Hoven. Is that it? That's, there's no, I don't know if that's a Spanish. Hovellanos or Hovellanos. One of the two. Art Sarah Winifred Searle. Art Sally Jean Thompson. Colors Amanda Skirty, Hannah Krieger, Ensley Chow, 
Alex Heberling, Savannah Ganesho, Letters, Taylor Esposito, Juan Ranad, and Steve Wands. Essay by Juliet Kahn. Um, I wasn't sure, like, we haven't read this yet. Have you read any no. of these, sir? No, I, uh, I actually really wanted to because it was kind of an event, you know, when this came out. Everyone was really excited. Um, <sighs> I, I don't know where you're where you were about to go with that, but I don't particularly enjoy this book. It's and maybe I'm just. I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to accept that it's not for me, but I sort of figured that it would be something that I could also enjoy. I mean, hell, I enjoyed. Um, oh, what was the story about the couple at the airport? I can't think of it. Oh. Uh... The new issue came out too this next week. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I have it probably in here somewhere. Um, boo, 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 boo. Author and uh, artist was at Heroes Con. Oh, I did not speak to him. I can't think of what the hell the book is called. Long Distance. Long Distance. That's, that's yeah. That's that's the right name for it. But uh, all three of these stories are serialized. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Sh- I didn't know that coming in. I wasn't sure if they just had a whole new like little stories in every single issue, or. But uh, I'm guessing they'll run through these stories until they're done, and then start new ones. Or I don't know what they'll do. But I thought it was. I I, I think it it's definitely not for me. I, I can I I don't I didn't say I don't enjoy it. I thought it was fun and light for the most part, mm-hmm. except that that middle story seems a little ominous. But uh, I don't. Like, I don't get much out of it. Maybe if I read one or two, I'd be more engaged. Well, I don't think that those stories are connected to these, though. These no. all feel like starting points. No, no. They're, they, I'm fairly certain that they started in one and two because they continue on in, in four, mm. I think. All these feel like the first story in, in these stories. Maybe. Which is interesting to me. I don't know. Regardless, for this issue alone... I, I don't know. Like I want. I don't. I don't think any of them are bad, but I don't. No. I don't think I'm. The, I don't. I'm not there. I'm not for this. Isn't for me. I don't. Mm. I. I would say if you like these kind of comics, then it's well executed. I. I don't particularly know that it is. I don't know. Maybe for for me, it's like I don't have a problem, and maybe I don't understand what the genre is going for but it doesn't i mean what what would you compare this to to me there's there's no there's no emotional hook there's no reason to connect to any of these people and i guess that's what this is this is this is supposed to be turn your brain off and i don't know what this is i i don't to me i don't get it well i don't i was not certainly expecting like heavy I don't know. That second story is probably going for a little high drama. But, uh, I mean, the first and third certainly aren't. They're definitely, like, fun, light, kind of lighthearted for the most part. Uh, like, Archie, that's what I would relate it to. It's certain, I mean, it's more modern, but, you know, that that kind of thing. And that's, I think, the, the goal of the, the intent of just this thing existing is to kind of have more of that kind of – I mean, that new Archie is kind of similar to mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah, it, 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 it works though. I don't know. I think, I think I'm, I'm, this, the second story, there's an arc, there's something set, there's a hook set. The third story, I just sort of, I don't know, I enjoyed being in it. It was probably my favorite of the three. 
this is probably my least favorite Keth, Kate Leth story that I've ever read. I really did not enjoy it at all, and I felt like it was really sort of pointless and aimless. It, it seems like it was an excuse to draw Betty Felon and hide her in a book rather than... I, I don't know. It, it, it feels like several pages of time being wasted. I'm... I'm... I don't... I, I'm a... I'm a, I, I don't think I would buy no, this again, I'm, but I would definitely don't say not buy it. Buy it mm-hmm. if you are a f- fan of this style of comic. If you it liked is, Archie, that new Archie one, it is give it is it a like chance. the new Archie, but that it is it, it is better than the, really than any of these. I do think the last story is cute, and I like that. Did I already say that the essay is my favorite part of this book? You did not say that. The the essay on shipping I thought was it was uh it was one of the cutest parts and I I liked I liked that perspective. It was very interesting. But I do not care for these stories. I do not understand anything that's interesting in them. I, I, I the, the the last one I get more. I think that I don't know, particularly that first story. Like, I feel like we're given no reason to connect to or like any single character. And in the third story, the characters are a little bit more, it's more self-evident why we should like them. Does that make sense? I I understand what you're saying. I I feel I, like I, I, I fall into that one more and I connect with the characters a little bit better. Well, I... I don't say I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm particularly engaged with any of the characters no. in any of the stories. But I don't necessarily like think that that's. I, I mean, I don't know. That's what makes me want to say that I don't know. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I don't want to say it's bad. I just say I don't like it that much. I. I. I would think. That, I think that people that like these types of stories would like it. I think you'll. You'll notice something that we have in common. <laughs> that you don't like it that much. Well. We're both. We do normally go for the like a lot of the books that we read and we enjoy. Like I talked about how I go to the comic book store and the books that the women are, re- are recommending are the ones that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, when Wild's End was out, they're like, "Yeah, this book's great." And I'm like, "Of course it's great." You know, they're they're recommending the stuff that's fresh and interesting. But I think it's I think it's weird that neither one of us connect with this. And I am, I'm hesitant to say that it's bad, but I think it's kind of bad. But it's just a, it's, it's like, it's like Christmas movies as a genre, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I can talk shit about them forever, but there are people that it speaks to. And a good, like Christmas movie, it speaks to someone that likes that. It does not speak to me who, you know, like friggin' watch Wes Anderson movies and act like a pretentious git all the time. But I don't know. It's 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 genre fiction, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. And it's probably worth checking out if you have any interest. I I don't regret it. I kind of want to follow it just to see what it is, just out of morbid curiosity. But I don't think I will ever enjoy it. Not if the stories are like this. Okay. So I don't even know how to categorize what we just said about this comic, but uh. Yeah, I know this is a weird one. I'm. I. I, uh, I yeah. I, yeah. Go. Ahead. I. I, I kind of say I. I'll say like to make it a, like official. Mm-hmm. To I guess to represent my feelings is a buy, but a five on the mush meter. 
Okay. I were if you're intrigued by the genre, then check it out. Otherwise, eh, you, you don't have to read it. Um, Eric is sounds like you're do not buy. I could I could even say like because I'm so weirdly conflicted that I'm a do not buy with a five on the mush meter. <laughs> so this is this I I think if I, if I do that it's un, it's an unprecedented most confused uh, decision ever. Mm, yeah. So because that's that's kind of what this this book is. Yes. Yeah, so split decision with like yeah. a, I don't with know how to average that out like a negative question. five and a five so that's like a yeah. zero. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. Our last book of the week is the Lone Marvel book of the week because uh, Marvel, honestly, nothing jumped out at me. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is – I just wanted to – it's – you know, I heard the first issue was really bad. So I'm like, well, I mean, Jason Aaron, Chris Sprouse, how can it be bad? Um, so we are checking out Thor's number two, uh, written by Jason Aaron, pencils, Chris Sprouse, and Goran Suzuka. Inks Carl Story with Dexter Vines, colors, Marte Gracia, letters and production, Joe Sabino. So Secret Wars – Thors are like the cops for Doom. Mm-hmm. They're like the 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 and also like an, a police for, like an army almost as well. Like they're a militia more than anything. But they are also like but basically they're solving uh, a serial killer in this like a serial serial killings of Jane Foster in particular. Uh and you know they're round they are rounding up just the usual suspects I guess, but then they run into the the unworthy uh, our 616 Thor, who has his axe, even, I don't know, I don't want to try and delve too deep into continuity with this, um, it is, there's a lot of, like, hey, it's like a Wolfman Thor, and, like, Throg, and, and, uh, like, all the, the ultimate Thor, and, like, you get to see all those, like, weird, like, a Storm Thor, and Groot Thor, and, like, there's a whole bunch of, of that in here. And poor Beta Ray Bill's dead. Yeah, Beta Ray Bill died, uh, for some reason. Um, I I think I, I don't know. Where, where, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I like it just kind of because I don't know. It's it's Jason Aaron. I just my default setting is like <laughs> I I I don't feel too critical about this one, and maybe I should because there are parts that are kind of hammy, like when the the ultimate Thor and he's like, they call you Ultimate Thor, and I'm like, that's kind of dumb, but I don't. I don't care. I'm going to turn a blind eye to that. It's, I don't know. It's not bad, but it's not terribly amazing either. I think it's a relatively forgettable issue, and as gripping as Jason Aaron books typically are, it's a little, it's a little blah. Yeah, I, I do, I, I do think that the bar scene at the beginning is kind of awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the best part, honestly. Um, but I, I, I think, I mean, it is a solving a murder comic. That is the mm-hmm. whole conceit of this. And I like, I immediately jump to like Powers, like off the top of my head, like a comic that we've discussed. Not, well, not Powers, uh, Top 10. Powers is also the same thing, but yeah. Top 10 is something we actually have read for Book Club. But, uh, like in Book Club. We've, we've in, read a little bit of Powers. I've an well, issue for two. I've read, I've it. read the whole original run, so that's why it, it jumps to my head. But, uh, yeah. and we it's. We should Book Club it. We should eventually. Um, and it, that is the, the 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 initial arc in that in top ten. Like there's about like superheroes solving murders, mm-hmm. and I it only kind of works if you are like why is Jane Foster getting killed and and you know it's implied it's conspiracy you know with Doom somewhere involved somehow, um, but I just I don't 
it does not have me hooked. I don't really am not that intrigued if they find out who did it. Like, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't me. I mean, I didn't read issue one, but I don't think I needed need to after what this issue has given me. Uh, there's nothing. The central mystery is not that interesting to me. That I don't because I don't think it's going to matter. I don't. If I maybe didn't know if I don't know. I I it looks it, it it's fine. It's fine, but I I don't know. I don't think I can recommend it because it's not. It doesn't. There's nothing in like if like if the novelty of like seeing Groot Thor and doing all that like that like that kind of stuff is fun. But other than that, you eh. tell me you don't like uh, Hobo Loki. Mm, not really, honestly. I don't really care for it either. I, I Loki works better when he's kind of you know clean, looking and, fabulous, clean and prim. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's so. I, I'm a do not buy. It's not bad, but it's nothing special. It's not weird, world. Man, you keep talking about Groot Thor. He's barely in it. I know. That's what I mean. Like, that's, there's not, that's, the, like, the novel he's just seeing, like, you see Werewolf Thor. You know, when I, like, just those weird things. Mm-hmm. Like, and they kill Donald Blake. Like, such a, like, a metatextual thing. Like, ah, uh, you know, wink and a nod to the audience. Meh. Not memorable enough. No, it's certainly not memorable. I don't, I don't know. I, um... Like I said, I don't have too many strong feelings, and I just automatically want to love Jason Aaron. But particularly after hearing you talk about it, I don't know that I particularly would go out of my way to recommend it to anyone. There's nothing truly amazing about it. It's it's another book by made by people that I like, but it's certainly not their strongest work. So I don't know. I can go along with Do Not Buy as well. Might as well. Okay. So... Thor's number two, Double Do Not Buy. On that, um, you read anything else this week, Eric? Yeah, I read... What did you read? I had to read Southern Bastards to get the taste of fresh romance out of my mouth. Oh. Did you read it? I have not read it yet, no. Like, on the first page, there's... it's. I I actually did not know that Image could publish this, because it is... The the first page is an explicit panel of uh, Esau... Screwing some girl, mm-hmm. and yep. I don't think her face is ever shown. It is shocking. They well, they there was a little kerfuffle about that because you can't buy it, you know, in certain places. Mm-hmm. You had to go to Comicsology's website to get it. You can't go. You can't go through Image or Apple or there's a couple places where I know Apple is very strict about that sort of thing, being able yeah. to go through any of their marketplaces and find stuff. So that was. Uh, but I'm I'm assuming it was uh, good, like always. It was. I think this was the first, this was the one that uh, Latour wrote himself. Did he? Yes. They're both their names are on it, but I do remember him talking about. Yeah, I'm writing an issue, and it's going to be an Esau issue, and it feels a little different. It's it's kind of intense, and I could see that it was it it it, it makes sense that it was written by Latour. It's it's different. It. Uh, it somehow manages to make Esau even more one-dimensional. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. That's Good funny. Lord. Yeah, there's there's a part where he goes to a bank, and he's talking to this crooked banker there, and he's looking at her, and he just keeps thinking titties, 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 just like that. This one was written by Jason Aaron. Really? Yeah, the, the, I think issue 12 is the one Latour's writing. Wow. Yeah, the credits are on the last page, of course. Mm. That, 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 so that makes perfect sense, right? 
Um, I you totally could have convinced me that Latour wrote this one. I guess I'm. I guess I don't want to believe my beloved Jason Aaron could uh, write this one. I don't think it's as good as the other ones. Uh oh. Well, it's about Esau. It is about Esau. It's an interesting story. A preacher comes to try and save him, and he makes him ride around town with him and then beats the shit out of him. That's very it's, nice. It's really strange. Yeah. Esau is a really bizarre, completely off-the-rails character. Um, I caught up on Copperhead. I caught up on Batgirl. But other than that, didn't read much. Um, Did you read Bombshells? I've not read that yet, no. I bought it just because it was a dollar, and I saw good reviews of it. It's okay. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's a particularly wonderful comic. It's very, very well drawn because Marguerite Sa- uh, Savage is, uh, and I'm probably butchering that name. It's okay. She can. She can draw very, very well. And it's it's a very nice looking book. It's uh, this this book is uh, a league of their own in the DC universe. It's a very silly concept. But it's it's still worth reading. It's fun. Cool. I think I think that's it for weekly floppies. I think that'll do her. So with that, weekly floppies is over, guys. I know, so sad. Don't worry. Next week we'll be <laughs> back. Same same handsome boys weekly floppies time. Same weekly weekly floppies channel. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Same flop channel. Flop. Yeah, precisely. Uh, with that, it is time for checking in. Check me in this bar show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, nerdy things, uh, video games, robots. You know, generally what we talk about. Eric, what do you get to talk about? Hmm. Well, I do want to check in with, with, uh, with one little thing that I've been watching Uh-oh. kind of obsessively lately. Oh, binge no. watching. Oh, no. What is it? Uh, it is a Netflix original series that uh, recently, I think, had its third season posted, and I really like it. It is called BoJack Horseman. Oh, okay. I, I did not think I was going to enjoy it. Do you know anything about it? Uh, I know that some comedians I like are do voices in it, but other than that... There are, there are many, many, many. Like, Will Arnett is the main character... Patton Oswalt does many just incidental characters. Keith Olbermann does a newscaster in it. Um, Kristen Shaw plays basically Miley Cyrus. Um, oh, who else is in it? Uh, Paul F. Tompkins plays. And that, this is this is kind of one of the gags of the show. Is that like it's just this weird world. You know, and it's set in L.A., in Hollywood, but they call it Hollywood. I don't know why. Okay. But, like, instead of, like, just humans, like, there's people everywhere, just ordinary, regular people. But there's also animal people all over the place. Like, I don't think there are regular animals, but there are animal people everywhere. And it's, like, perfectly normal, like, people just sort of act like there's no difference. But someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a dog. I'm a horse, and, like, it's really strange. They just, like, make out and have sex. It's really peculiar. But, oh, God, who was I going to talk about? Yeah, Paul F. Tompkins plays a golden retriever named Mr. Peanut Butter. 
<laughs> I I knew that. I yeah, because uh, he's, he, he's he's quite funny. He interviewed uh, the creator of it on his podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Peanut Butter, Mr. Peanut Butter, and he's he's uh, he's sort of BoJack Horseman's rival. But it it starts off, and you think it's going to be pretty one dimensional, but by the end of the season, it's really quite good, and it's interesting to see. You know, the characters change, and it actually does have a little bit of an arc. I think that it's it, – I didn't think I was going to get as hooked as I have. Like, I have only started watching it for a couple of days now. And while I couldn't leave my home uh, after being, you know, battling the elements yesterday, I, I watched quite a lot of them. But I, I, I would recommend you watch it. I think you would enjoy it thoroughly. It's so effing weird, though. How long are, are the episodes? Like half hour, or they do the fifteen minutes? I actually don't. They're not fifteen minutes. That's for sure. They're at least half an hour. Okay. I'm not sure how long they are. They could be an hour. I have no idea. It seems like a lot happens, but it is it is so strange. Did I say Maria Bamford's in it? Lisa Kudrow's in it. Oh man, Allison Brie I think plays one of the main characters. She I think I think she gets married to Mr. Peanut Butter. God damn, that's so funny. Uh, well, the there, first, a, first episode is 25 minutes, so. Okay, that makes sense. I think there are about, you know, they're all about half an hour. That would make a lot of sense. There's a hilarious gag that they keep throwing in there, and they don't really call too much attention to it, that whenever there's a banner that they get printed, they, uh, the people that make the signs are apparently idiots, and, like, th- like they tell them, they're like, yeah, I want it to say... Uh, what what's her name? It's Diane Nien. It's like a uh, Vietnamese name, and I'm saying it really badly. But it says Diane Nien and uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, and then it says, and it says in a, in a line below it, Peanut Butter is all wor- one word. Don't write Peanut Butter is all one word, as they were, you know, dictating it on the phone for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And then a couple episodes later, it says Happy Birthday Diane in a pretty font or something. <laughs> Notably not in a pretty font. <laughs> but the jokes are really good. Um, it is a, it, it is a little bit bleak. Will Arnett's character is like a washed up 90s sitcom. He got, he got rich off of a wildly popular 90s sitcom and lives in LA and basically does nothing but be an asshole. But it's about him trying to not be an asshole eventually. And it's interesting. And it's pretty damn funny, so I I I think you should you should watch it most definitely. Uh oh, most definitely. Oh yeah, I want to I want to g- g- see your reaction. You should at least watch a couple of episodes. Okay. You still haven't watched the uh, Tiger Millionaire episode of Steven uh, Steven Universe, have you? Mm-mm. I think you should. Eric, I got to get Illidan to level five before he goes off free rotation. Well, at least we have our priorities right. <laughs> You, you like playing as Illidan? Are you checking in with Illidan? I'm not checking in with Illidan, but I do like playing as Illidan. He's fun. I have yet to do it. I didn't realize that he was on free rotation. I should be playing. I should be playing that addictive game more. I I, I hesitate to say that for myself because that'd be a lot <laughs> if I was playing it more. Is every day know, is I'm, every I'm, day a lot, Eric? Every, every day is a fair amount. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I am playing it every day. Good for you. And somehow managing to beat other games. 
Mm-hmm. And you told me you beat the Talus Principle the other day. I did, and it was a good, good ending. I like it. So I do not regret that purchase. It's very solid. Uh, the puzzles near the end were tough, but I got. I, I just. It's best not to do it when it's like midnight and you're really tired. Mm-hmm. Your brain honestly doesn't work as well. Crazy enough as that mm-hmm. is. Uh, I do have another video game that I could talk about. Oh, you don't have like 200 in your Steam library that have never been played? I do have those as well, but this is one I've actually played. Oh, okay. Cool. And, it, and it's come out recently. Uh, it is. It, there's a lot about it that sounds really dumb and is really dumb, <laughs> but uh, the main character is the weakest part of this entire thing. But the name of the game and the name of the lead character is Victor Vran. V R A N last name. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm seeing a picture of him now. He looks like the Undertaker. Yeah, he's a very kind of generic, grim lead character. I'm he tough. Like, he looks like he he literally does look like he looks like the Undertaker. I kill monsters. So yeah. it uh you know that game called Diablo or one through three. Mm-hmm. It, this is an action RPG like Diablo, where you okay. kill monsters, get loot, try and get loot that has brighter colors on it, mm-hmm. so you can kill more monsters. Uh, and some monsters have like special things, like they have acid or you know snow or whatever. Snow. Yeah, you know, cold things. Not not ice powers. They have snow. Snow powers. Uh, you know, and there, but there's you know you can get guns, swords, hammers. It's a good old fashioned dungeon crawl. Yeah. Um. There's a there are a few unique things about it. Uh, you can, uh, like, it is, there are, it works, like, your dexterity matters. Like, you can you don't just click on an enemy and, like, hit them until they die. Mm-hmm. Like, you can time things and dodge their attacks. You jump. There's multi, you know, you can jump up, do wall jumps and stuff off like that. Uh, you have magic that power, like, demon powers, apparently. They don't really explain, like, how you work but it it's like diablo except a little bit more dynamic in the gameplay mm-hmm. uh the weirdest thing about it is your main character is a monster hunter like his profession on his it's victor Vran, like his business card to be victor Vran monster hunter mm-hmm. he's like van helsing basically mm-hmm. um same voice actor as Geralt in witcher 3 and 2 and 1 okay who's also a monster hunter a witcher is a monster hunter and it's the same voice. It's not like it's, you know, there's no nuance there. It is the same voice as Geralt from Witcher 3, which I've been playing as well lately. Uh, it's weird, like, hearing him talk and you're like, oh, hey, Geralt, you're back in the new game. And a new, you have a different character this time, but you're the same you. It's, yeah. It's, you, if you want to, like, run around with a guy, like, and give him, like, more powerful axes and kill monsters, it's a good game. It's fun. It looks like you get to kill a lot of spiders. You do, especially early on. There are a lot of them, hundreds. But it's fun. It's like Diablo. You like Diablo, you'll like this. Yeah. Uh, it's. I think the only kind of thing is you can spec him out like to have different strengths and weaknesses and stuff, but it's not like you can have like a rogue or a mage or even an Amazon. or You, know, you can't have these. The, those things are different, so it's always Victor. So there's that. But... It's still good, and it's really, uh, like, it's like $20, maybe? Even less than that? And mm. it seems like a lot of stuff, like a lot of content for, for the amount of money you're paying. And I, 20 you know, bucks, huh? Yeah, it's not bad. 
No, that's not bad. I mean, for a couple of hours of uh, dungeon crawl, I mean, that could be worse. Yeah, and there's a lot of replayability in it, just because you can build your... Apparently, they're going to be adding stuff as, as well, of course. Um, so, that's a cool game, guys, if you like Diablo. Um, I, my arms are sore. I'll check in with that. I worked out. I'm sore. I lifted weights. You're, you're a baby. Guess what my max is, Eric? 10 pounds. Max on my bench is not 10 pounds. 15 pounds. Closer. You're getting there. Who are you working out with? If you're maxing out, you better have someone spotting you. Either that or you're insane. Mr. Matt Ham. Okay, good. Yes. He's a, a, the large... I forget, a large you, oh, I, I forget you guys live in the same city. We do. 15 minutes away, probably. So, yes, we worked out... We have the exact same max, actually. Really? Yes. What is it? 185 pounds. Which is Ham more can't Ham can't bench more than that. He cannot. He is, has long arms. I, I get that. It's but that's it makes it very the dude hard. Is strong as a fucking ox. I don't get it. Well, it's in your chest too. I'm. I get that. Yeah. Hmm. That's probably about where I am. Honestly, I was expecting lower because I have not <laughs> done a bench press in a long time. Oh yeah. Since my old my teenage years. Oh yeah. It's it 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 yes. We're, we're a little older now that that happens when you when you play dungeon crawls all day. Yes, play get Illidan to level five instead of yeah. physical yeah. activity. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still playing tons of heroes, but that's not nothing new. <laughs> it's good to know that life is monotony. Here's Rocket League, Victor Vran, mm-hmm. Witcher. I kind of wanted to talk about surviving the horrible, horrible flood, but I don't know. That's an adventure that I don't want to recommend to anyone. <laughs> Did you happen to see any of the rant that I posted on Twitter about how, like, there's no friggin' help at all no. in situations like that? I did not see it. I posted probably ten tweets just talking about how it was impossible to find out what to do in a crisis like that. I was just stranded and there was no information. There was barely any police on the road. There was no flow of anything. It was horrifying. For those that aren't aware, uh, there was a torrential downpour for several hours in Tampa, and there are a lot of areas of the city that uh, flood quite easily. And many people were stranded. A lot of people like had to abandon their cars, and I haven't heard about any fatalities or anything yet. But it was uh, it was pretty terrifying, honestly. But it seems to be we seem to be more or less out of the woods. Anyway. Do not buy on floods. Floods are bad. Floods are not good. I can't even imagine, like, you know, an event like Katrina or the floods out in Texas or any of that jazz. This was only for, like, a, a half a day, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know. People were turning into, I, I don't know, man. People lose their minds, turn into monsters. We were about half an hour away from complete anarchy. Humanity. Yeah. The Walking Dead was right. We are the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. We are. Let's go find Negan. God, he's going to be on the show soon, I think. I know. I saw you complaining about this. <laughs> I hate him so much. God, I hate Negan so much. It's the worst. I think I told someone. Oh, Eric Hawk. That's the one comic he actually reads. It's The Walking Sorry. Dead. And he hasn't gotten to the Negan part yet. I'm like, tell me when you get to that after you finish it. What do you think? 
what was his bat's name? Was it Grace or <sighs> Half Ass? That's the name of his bat. Is Half Ass? I don't think that's a true statement. Every, like everything about him as a character, mm-hmm. Half Ass. As in Half Ass, you going? <laughs> I think the name of his bat was Thin Analog for Robert Kirkman, the writer of this comic book. Yeah, didn't he kill Glenn? He did. What the fuck is that all about? I. If he had just done it without that stupid speech in front of it, I have no problem with it, probably. Mm-hmm. But that speech really got to me. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, Still bitter about it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we did spend a lot of time on it. Um, I think we're checked in, right? Natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Dungeon crawlers. Yep. The Undertaker. Horsemen. Mm-hmm. So, no more checking in. That, it's, that was plenty. Yep. So, next and last... Nerd Boy Book Club. So that was me being dramatic, Eric. Sounded full of drama. Full of it. Uh, Nerd Boy Book Club is part of the show where Eric and I will assign, quote unquote, a longer collected work uh, and uh, read it like you would a book club, discuss it in depth. Spoilers are bound because, uh, you know, you're supposed to read this with us. Supposed to. Supposed to. Or you can just, I don't think there's anything in here that's particularly uh, surprising, but... um. <laughs> I mean, if, as long as you know what Copra is. <laughs> it's, but uh, it is Copra, round two. We have previously discussed the first volume. Now we're coming back for more. Uh, it is written, drawn, printed, published, proofed by Michel Fife. He does everything. And, and tweeted about. And tweeted about by Michel mm-hmm. Fife. That is also correct. It says, it says in there. there um, Copra is an homage to... Suicide Squad, uh, at its base level. It is a bunch of kind of scoundrels and villains and ne'er-do-wells kind of strung together by the government and sent off to do missions. And there's a lot of other stuff that happens, but that is the base thing. Uh, the first arc saw the team try and uh, defeat a former member of the team who had get, gotten access to some sort of alien... Weapon? Shard? Mm-hmm. It's not that, it's still not even clear what exactly that is, but, uh. Well, I think it was, it's like that guy had the vest that he's wearing. It's mm-hmm. like part of that same, like it was like a set of armor or something. It was like a helmet. Yeah, and it exploded. Yeah, and it, it, ex- it exploded, but it's like, all, even all the pieces have like super science magic powers. Yeah. That, that, that don't make sense, but you really don't care. No. And this is seeing uh, uh, kind of uh, the the team deal with the fallout of that and uh, try and get higher up on the food chain, mm-hmm. so to speak, about why that stuff happened and why they got they got blamed for everything, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where do you want to start, Eric? Where would you like to begin? Mm. I felt like I was going to have a tough time discussing this one. Okay. I enjoyed it. So much more, and it makes me... I'm going to have to reread Copra 1, but I enjoyed this one a whole lot more. And I think a lot of it is um, he really he really sort of is hitting his stride, you know, by, by these issues. He's learned how to draw and ink this stuff at this fast pace and manages to make this weird shit look so good. You know, I think the story's tighter. I think it's just more fun to read. The first book was not bad, but it wasn't as successful as this one. 
This one, we get we get our character moments, you know. We get several different characters that we get to spend time with. And he manages to make them interesting. He makes the art interesting. And good God, these villains. These are the weirdest, crazy-ass, like, He-Man villains. Oh, my God, they're so weird. That's That's probably my favorite part about this comic. It's just the fucking crazy character designs he does on these villains. They are so damn bizarre. This guy that's got, like, brains for arms. Mm-hmm. And the dude that's just, like, naked muscles and sinew. The crystal guy's not even in this one, but he's on the cover. The guy that's, like, a blur. Mm-hmm. God, this is so strange. They're really fun and really effective. That that whole fight scene at the end was just amazing. And they bring Vita's... They put Vita's head on the guy's desk, and then he's like, Oh, guess what? I'm a supervillain. <laughs> that was just so fucking random. I don't know if I was supposed to have, like, contextually got that. I don't know if it matters at all that it's just out of left field, but it's just, you know... Yeah, you might as well have some crazy intense action scene right here. Why the hell not? It's it, it it's it's pretty delightful. But I I I did not I, I certainly didn't hate Copra one. I, I liked it. This is much, much better and it makes me want to read the first one again. I I agree with you. I mm-hmm. think it is it honestly I, I don't I didn't I didn't really have any problem with this art in that first volume but then you look at this yeah no it's considerably better he has grown tremendously as an artist as a result of that that's just sort of what drawing a book like this busting your ass for so long it'll you'll you'll learn draw quick and well considering that he was doing an issue of these a month by himself yeah read his read his notes uh about two weeks he was penciling and inking and that's fucking bananas yeah, it really is. And the like the layouts in that in that first arc could be kind of uh different from time like but some of these like two page spreads were like the Doctor Strange analog is mm-hmm. in the what is it, anti zone. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's fighting like shadow people and whenever they're fighting the brain person D D D D Mother Brain. Mother Brain. I I, I friggin' love her. I, I I got to tell Michelle Fife myself, I'm like, I want to know more about that. And I point at her. She is the most amazing thing in this book to me because she's so effing weird. But yeah. I, I don't know. I like this book for the weirdness. No, yeah, it's That's certainly... a really excellent job of it. Yeah, those designs of all mm-hmm. the characters. Like, it's, it's that brain thing is completely... The, the the eyeballs glued mm, the, onto the, the, the case. Glued on eyeballs, yeah. And the, the and all it's just. I think a lot of it also is. I think the characterization is stronger in this. There's a lot more. It's I, calling it exposition. I mean, it it's all narration from their yeah. their leader, but it gives you a lot of more background than you got in that first arc. You get a chance characters. to learn their names. Yeah, names. Learn aside from aside from yes. manhead. Yes, learn things about them. Relationships, learn their character. Yeah, the narrator changes around a little bit. You get more time with different characters. Really, I really, it really hurt me when Green Girl died. Who knows? Maybe she'll make it. 
Maybe she'll come back. Pretty sure she, I'm pretty sure she was pretty thoroughly dead by the end there. Well, she only fell off a building. She'll be... uh, she she looks like she's in pieces. She looks pretty damn dead. Don't break my heart, Eric. There's a chance she could come back. It's, it's still good. It's still good. <laughs> it's still good. Um, well, I think, but I her death, I think, is part of. I think that anyone could die is a part of this story. Like it, it, it. That that was a, a you know a tenet of the original Suicide Squad is that all these people are disposable. So yeah. you don't ever feel safe, and it kind of adds tension. And I think that's part of it is, the, you know, that, of course, you have to kill off one of the, I, I She was just getting really interesting with her kind of weird psychosis, whatever mm-hmm. that was, the thing that was inside her head. Um, and I don't think I, I – I certainly didn't see that the guy was a supervillain coming. I don't think no. – I, I don't think there was any con- – Yeah, I don't think there was any context for it. I think it's it – is, it is like that dun-dun-dun kind of thing. And, you know, he suddenly, hey, I have powers. I have – God. I'm a floating black kanji. Yeah, it's odd. There's a lot of things you could say is odd about this book, but I think that's that's its charm I, uh, for the most part. No, it's uh, – but calling it – Weird and odd, I don't think does the storytelling justice. No, no, because it is it is good. Yeah, like it is not. Ju- it's not like uh, uh, wrenchies or anything, mm-hmm. where it is weird, but it's also not necessarily a good story. Yeah, this is weird, also a good story. It has an A, a B, and a C, and you jump. You know, this leads to this, leads to this. Your story, his layouts, and and the like. Despite how crazy everything is, you know what's happening. You're, you're yeah. never confused. One of the things that that I will say, like, and I think that I think you can you can compare, like, you could compare and contrast those two books, Wrenchies and this. Mm-hmm. The thing that I know is a huge difference between Fife and and Dalrymple. Fife is obsessed with comics. He talks about them constantly, and he is very deeply knowledgeable and he will find some crazy shit and share it if you're not like following him on twitter or anything like that i i strongly recommend it he's uh he's he's very interesting and very active on it i don't know how the man gets anything done with all the research that he does and all the tweets that he posts but there i mean there's a deep love of comics in this which we've established but i think that it really carries through um I mean, I think it's it's more well written because he's got respect for the characters that he's created here, and he's smart enough to flesh them out, so it feels a lot better. Wrenchies is just sort of like a weird idea space for Dalrymple, if that makes sense. Would you would you agree with that, or how would you say it differently? No, I agree with you for the most part. I mean, about I I I, I don't know. I think I, it's hard to speak on anyone's intent. But mm-hmm. Reinches does read as not necessarily like a Act One, Act Two, Act Three story in any kind of yeah. any way. It reads like meandering. Like I just wanted to mm-hmm. do something. Like I created this stuff and I felt like drawing this this day. So that's what happened to them. Well, yeah. this like he like even you look at his process. It being very fast, it's still like that's the thing that is most striking to me. In that he does all that work, all mm-hmm. the, the layouts and the inks and the pencils, all that in two weeks, 
and this does not feel sloppy at whatsoever. No, no it doesn't. It's just it's it's unbelievable, honestly. And I think and that was the thing I came across in that first the first arc above everything else is like it's kind of remarkable how it works so well when like it's just him and he's working so hard in such a short amount of time. And this one is even better than that. And yeah. it feels yeah. like the storytelling has gotten better. And it's like it's never feels like he didn't know what he was doing. He felt like everything has a purpose. And even if it necessarily doesn't know, he certainly projects that illusion very well because it feels like this is very tightly scripted. Like it's very much like, okay, in this issue, this is what's happening. I have all sh- – like I don't – It's it really – confounds me even that he's that one man can like lay this out script it so quickly and it be as good as it is you sort of said the similar thing about king city when you read it mm-hmm. and I, it wasn't that I, I i have no idea how long brandon graham was working on king city and how fast he was going through his writing and his layouts and all that jazz but He certainly said, you know, I wasn't really thinking about the story and I was just throwing shit together and he acted like everything was an afterthought. But regardless of all that, it's pretty damn well written when you look at the overall structure of it. Everything works out really well and it doesn't do, it doesn't do the tropey things and it feels satisfying in the end. And I think you get that here. So I think that, that's another fair comparison. Yeah. Although this is certainly more. I, I think King City meanders a bit more. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. This is nonstop. Not, it, it does it's, not. It's not screwing around. It does not let up for the most. Like there's a the only. I mean the the first issue is the only one that is at any kind of you know uh, you know kind of a slower pace, mm-hmm. and that's just because it's introducing like all this backstory and kind of showing these characters like right in this short moment right after the stuff that happens in the first volume. Um. I wanted to ask you, leave the character's name is Harkness? Is that right? Or am I making that up? There's the, a Harkness in here. The I'm Creeper. Sure. The Creeper Australian dude. Oh, yeah, that is him. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if I had his name right. Um, The stuff that happens at the end between him and Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, L- Lloyd. I, I, Inexplicably I, named Lloyd. <laughs> I mean, I would not have minded if they just called him Freddie. Mm-hmm. But Lloyd. Uh. I, I mean, going through this book, I could definitely see that they're trying to hint at something about Harkness. Mm-hmm. Like, something is off. Clearly, no one is, like, comfortable around him. Yeah. And he's definitely, like, kind of a awkward weirdo. But, I don't know. Did that I, I don't know if that was, was supposed to be more of a stomach punch than it was. Like, were you supposed to... How did you feel when you, like, that thing is re, that is revealed at the end that he was part the, of the, the kidnapping? The reveal... The reveal at the end, mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting development, and it gives you a reason to feel something about him. Just, I, I don't know. He's probably been literally everyone's least favorite character up to this point. Yeah. Um, Does it want you to, do you want to go back and find out? Do you want to see the... See Lloyd. Any contextual clues leading up to that, or what are you saying? No, like, do you want to? I mean, the the book's so good. Of course, you want to read volume three, but is that hook like that? That's the thing that ends this book. There's they they win. They're back in you know the good graces of the government. 
But that's the drama that he presents at the end of the very end of the story is that uh, Lloyd wants is going to try and track down Harkness now. Mm-hmm. Does do you feel compelled to 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 see that? Well, I mean, I'm that is the the well the reason that's a weird question is I I'm going to read regardless. I know that's what I mean. You you did say that yes, and I can't imagine a world that I'm not interested in that. Um, but what what brings? I mean, I think I mean, is it going to keep me up at night? No. Okay. You know, and maybe that kind of half-ass answers your question. Well, that's I, – I mean, that, and that's what I'm getting at is that is – that do any of these char- – I mean, despite how good the, all the – I mean, the character mm-hmm. design is so interesting and you get do get background on some of these characters and you do get some – a little bit more characterization about them. But it's at its heart, it is still very much an action comic, crazy superhero, crazy supervillains doing like – you know, giant guns and vests that have magic powers and, uh, you know, people jumping through dimensions and brain ladies. And, like, but at the end of the day, are you particularly engaged by any of the characters by themselves? I I am very interested in Lloyd, and I'm very interested in... Uh, I don't... that That is sort of the problem with the, these huge casts is you don't learn enough characters' names. But I'm interested in uh, his version of Klee becoming the Phoenix. That that really fascinates me. And uh, what's the what's the boss lady's name? Is it Sonia? Yeah. Yeah. You mean Amanda Waller? Because that's... <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in him, and I've always... Or her, excuse me. I've, I've, I'm interested in what happens to her. I'm interested in Lloyd, and I'm interested in... in uh, in the Phoenix, mm-hmm. and I've always I've always thought the sullen robot teenager was an was an interesting character. See, they're even talking here at the end. Him and him and Gracie. I'm pretty sure they're talking about Green Girl being dead. She's she's dead. Yes, they are. I just don't want to believe it. Yeah, no, she's delightful. That friggin' illustration for like the cover of like book two of her holding like the jet engine gun. Mm-hmm. That's so friggin' intense. I love that drawing so much. And Fife can uh, can draw some pretty rad shit when he uh, sits, sits down to do it. It's uh, there's some stuff in here that looks you know rushed and naive, but there's some shit in here that's just straight up beautiful. You know, it's it is really cool and really exciting. This guy with like the swirly sperms for eyes. What's that all about? Which one are you talking about? I don't even understand his powers. He's got like super speed fists in this issue. What the one of the villains? No, one of the heroes. He's fighting brain arms guy. You're gonna have to give me more context. It's in the big brawl at the end. Oh, at the with end the, with the four horsemen dudes. He's fighting brain arms guy, and he's like doing um, he's doing like cartoon punches, Popeye punches. That's his power. He's got Popeye powers. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. He's going to twist his arm around and hit him and send him spinning. Super punches. Yeah. But he's got, he's got like tadpole eyes. It's weird. <laughs> tadpole eyes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they were, it was, it was semen eyes, sperm eyes a minute ago. Tadpole sounds better. It depends on, depends on what you like, I guess. 
Touche. <laughs> kind of looks like Lex Luthor. Who does? The villain guy. He's like a jollier Lex Luthor. Mm. I, I could see that. He looks like if Michelle Fife drew Lex Luthor, I, I mm-hmm. should say. I can I could support that. It's interesting because Michelle Fife drew this book. I know. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy how that works. Crazy. Do you see this? He, I mean, he's he just keeps going. Uh, yeah. I don't know. God, that how that, that schedule is crushing. Uh, you know, breathe. I think you have to breathe occasionally. But um, do you think that this book could peter out because of that? Like it's just like it's just nonstop, and eventually you get kind of inured to it. You mean like sort of the the charm of it will wear off? Yeah, like the like this constant action, violence, crazy designs and stuff like that. Do you think the fact that it is such a breakneck book at such a breakneck pace, do you think that you'll grow you see yourself growing tired of it? Even like it could be still executed perfectly, it's just that the very nature of it is kind of knowing yeah, no knowing myself and the fact that I read like one piece for years, uh various other things, I don't think that I don't think I'm going to get sick of it unless it just completely stagnates. And there, there are parts of One Piece that are fairly stale, but overall, I still really enjoy it. And I can always go back and read older parts and see where we're at and you know, current the current storylines. And I don't know. I I can't imagine it getting just unreadably bad. That seems that seems impossible. But I mean, you know, everyone people are. Artists can experiment, and people are, can fail if, you know, it happens sometimes. It's 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 not that big a deal. People can get off track and get back on track. So I, I, I don't think that it is – I think your your question is more along the lines of, like, is it formula-driven to the point that is it going to get stale? And I don't think so, that I think he's going to find ways to sort of explore different things and – reinvent it and keep it interesting does that make sense does that answer your question yeah for the most part what part did i not answer i'm just even like that like there are some things that i can recognize that the quality is still the same mm-hmm. i'm just not interested anymore because it's more of the same thing that i've mm-hmm. already seen i've already gotten enough of it like I, I like something that it only works for a set amount of time, and after that, there's nothing more. Despite it being as good or better, there's just nothing more it can give because it's. Are you talking about something in in this book, or you're talking about something in some something else? Not in this book, no, and not in particular. Yeah. Just, just the fact that it is a breakneck action, you know, violent kind of n- nonstop thing, like. Certain things are better when they are at a set length. And, like, I mean, bringing back, like, The Walking Dead. Like, it was yeah. like that for a long time. Then we got to, like, issues 70s and 80s and the 90s. And we're like, what is, is there, this is still, the writing is still solid. The art is better than ever. Mm-hmm. I just don't care anymore. There's nothing in this that makes, I'm not compelled to continue reading it. I've seen it all that it can give. Well, I don't necessarily think that, um, I don't think this is going to be the only thing we we know Michelle Fife for. I don't think this is going to be something 
he's going to work on for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, I think he can do it for several more years and keep it fresh, but I can't imagine. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this, maybe he's got years of story plotted out, which is one of the reasons I compare it to One Piece, which has gone on for 10 or 15 years and it's somewhere about 50 to 70% complete. He has an end in sight, but it's going forever. I don't know. I don't necessarily want this to be the only thing we know Michelle Fife for. I want to see him, I want to see him tackle this project and then maybe do something, you know, maybe with a team or whatever, something that he can collaborate and work at a different pace. I'd like to see him sort of stretch his muscles a different way. Do you know how old he is? No, I do not. I uh, he's somewhere around our age. That was the intent, the uh, impression I got from when I met him. He's thirty-six. Oh, is he? I didn't think he'd be older than me. So that—that's kind of what I expected. In that, I, f- in I that thought he was 30s. like your age. I thought he was like your age. Well, he's not that much older. Six years. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you want to touch on, Eric? We've been chatting for a while. Yeah, we have. I uh, I can't think of anything. I think we managed to have a pretty good conversation about this book that I thought we would struggle to talk about. I kind of regret not buying. He had ind- he had actual individual issues on his table, and I regret not buying them. You can try and race to his Etsy store <laughs> and get them before everyone else does. I'm not going to do that. I'm uh, not. I'm not playing that game. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I would double down on my recommendations for I made for Coper number one, the uh, round one, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. You know, it's very kinetic, very action packed, but it's better. But I mean, if you read Certainly this and better. like it, you'll want to read. You'll want to read number one, and I I think the seeds are sown in that first arc to mm-hmm. to kind of grow into this one. Um, well, certainly you're not recommending starting with with number two. No, I would, but it's it, if you haven't read one yet, and <laughs> go get one, and then read this one, and it, like it, it's very, very, very good. It's if you like any kind of the weirder parts of DC and Marvel, like the weirder villains, the weirder heroes, Suicide Squad or Thunderbolts. Obviously, those two are the. Suicide Squad, the old John Ostrander Suicide Squad even is the most direct analog. But uh, look at his art. It's beautiful. Like, if you like that, you'll like, I mean, it's so just, you know, Google Michelle Fife Copra and look at it. If you're not sold on that, I don't know what will. It's really, and this is better in all regards than that first volume. So I'm, I'm interested to see how long you, you bring up his, his legacy. I'm curious to see what he does with Cobra. Because, I mean, it's the same thing with Robert Kirkman and Walking Dead. It's like when something's successful, why would you stop it? Yeah. So, and that's, well. that, that's what I, that'd be my only, but I mean, it's, this is still very much in, in its infancy, honestly. Oh, yeah. He's still working on, you know, relatively early on in, in, in a, if you're considering like the longer runs of, in comics history. So, it's good. Totes. My cat. My cat agrees with us. Smoky. I keep thinking that like hashtag that they're that these monsters have on them. Is that some reference to like the mindless ones? Which monsters? Oh, like the 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 muscle sinew guy has it, and 
I think a couple guys had it, or maybe at least one guy had it in round one. Oh, um, I don't know. Honestly, have no idea. I don't know why it makes me think of the mindless ones, but it does. I I would not be surprised if that was. I'm sure he's well versed with the mindless ones. Um, so, folks, that was Cobra round two. Michelle Fife, we are fans. Do you want to take anything away from it? We like it. We are fee fans. Fee fans. Uh, haha. It's funny. You're funny, Eric. You're a funny guy. It's, it's literally the first time anyone's ever told me that in my life. First time ever. Ever. Uh, but uh, next week, we are doing Lumberjanes, Volume 1. It is on its way to my house right now. Um, Noel Stevenson. Uh, what's the other? Why can't I think of like that <laughs> person's name? Grace. Grace Ellis. Um, uh, just one in Eisner. It's, uh, it means people like it and it's good. It's currently also the number one bestseller in something called Contemporary Women Graphic Novels hmm. on Amazon. I don't know what the hell a Contemporary Woman Graphic Novel is, but... Well, clearly this is the archetype of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. So, we're reading that. Lumberjanes. I, we read a couple of issues. I'm looking forward to talking about it, because actually I'm... I have not been reading it. I've been trade waiting, and now it's a perfect opportunity. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Everything is there. You can find us on iTunes or wherever uh, fine podcasts are sold. Not They're not sold, guys. They're free. Um, <laughs> wherever they're not sold. Wherever they're not sold. Uh, if you like us, please rate, review, subscribe to us on wherever you do, wherever you listen to us. We It really helps us out, uh, helps us grow, helps us get new listeners. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at HBC Hour, on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. You can email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us any of those places. We'd like to hear from you. If you, you want some us to read something specific. Uh, let us know, and we will probably check it out. You know, we we like to kind of broaden our horizons whenever possible. We will read any kind of comical book. If you look at our history, we have read every kind of comical book. I think the only thing we we haven't read are porn comics, and I don't. We haven't delved too deep into Yowie. Yes, I don't think, but I I have, don't think we're gonna ever do that. But other than that, oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Um, you can find me on Twitter. At Mixmaster Serial, it's M-I-X, M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. And temporarily, I have a Tumblr, uh, a, a, a Tumblr portfolio up. You can see it at ericzgoodnight.tumblr.com. Still too stupid to find a home for it, so, you know. Uh, you can, I'm also on Twitter at Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. So. And that is all. <laughs> Mic drop. Mm hmm. I just love dropping mics. I haven't dropped it in a while since I, I got a stand that doesn't fall over. <laughs> it's good. It's a good thing. Uh, yeah. That, uh, I think we can call it a day. Have a good one. You're rock and roll.